Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Tony here and Dr. Tom from the Instinctive Movement System. This is our first podcast. We're an injury prevention company that focuses on working with other industries, safety, but more importantly, um, I guess specifically, we focus on musculoskeletal injury prevention because we are not safety people. We are from the medical field, and our background is in, in rehabilitation and um, performance science and sports and uh, sports performance training and injury prevention. So both of us kind of got into this uh, a little different way, but uh, we want to pick an interesting topic today that we both encountered over the years, and that topic is when we encounter safety people, whether it be at their company or go to a safety conference, you always hear about the concept of lift with your leg. Tom, I know you've gone to a lot of different companies. What do you think and what do you see when you go to these companies and you and you see these posters? You hear them talk about, hey, you're supposed to lift with your leg. <laughs> yeah, that is a very common thing that you see. And you see posters and we've even reviewed video training. And it's all about lift with your legs, do this and that. And, and it's really interesting because of our backgrounds in performance science, sports medicine and things like that. And you watch this process and it just doesn't seem right. Uh, going, okay, what does that mean? Lift with my legs. There's a lot of things that can happen. And there's also other commands they get. Keep your back straight, uh, you know, keep your head up, all these different things. And that's a lot for people to think about. Yeah, and it's, and what I've encountered, Tom, I mean, I've been in the weight room probably tens of thousands of times. Sometimes just working on myself, but most of the times actually doing instruction with individuals and groups. And what you'll always find, it doesn't matter if you're teaching a safety class or if you've got a bunch of junior high football kids, you're teaching them how to lift. You'll, you'll teach a basic lift, like let's say a squat, how to lift safely, you know, bend your legs. And you got 10 people, well, you're going to see 10 different techniques. You'll see a couple kids that are rock stars, like, yeah, that was a great lift. That's textbook squat. And other people just need a little bit of advice and other people are just disasters that need Lots of reinforcement, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And all, all the, the the people, the varieties of people that you see, uh, they all probably need some type of correction. But, uh, uh, you know, just by telling them to, giving them verbal commands to do these things, it really doesn't work. I, I Tom, I've even been to the gym, well, like I said, so many times, uh, both training people and not training people, even when I'm just working out. Also, you even see personal trainers trying to teach people how to squat. And you can tell the person can't squat properly. They, their knees go forward, their knees go out. They don't really start the movement with their hips. And the personal trainer is demonstrating and demonstrating. The personal trainer is great at doing the squats. But that doesn't mean you can teach somebody. Now, the last person that personal trainer taught how to squat probably did it pretty good. But now he encounters somebody who has a lot of what we call motor dysfunction. And they don't know how to adequately teach that person and now you see that a lot in the workplace too, right? With the safety guy or the safety po- the safety videos, right? Yeah, and in, in, in defense of the safety people too that are teaching these things, they really don't have the talent or the knowledge on how to make these corrections when it's so important and it's so right in front of them. They just really don't know well, what to it's, do. It's not in their wheelhouse. They gotta no. they gotta specialize in so many other aspects of safety. Yeah, it'd be like us uh, being experts on. Uh, uh, cleaning up hazardous waste, you know, yeah. that's not what's, our what's game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not our game, but we focus on very, very specific aspects of it. And uh, using the methodology from performance science and rehabilitation, 
uh, I think we really have a leg up on teaching people to develop these good habits. Yeah, I think the safety world, you know, when I started doing more and more in the safety world, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and now the last seven years, I'm heavy into it, I've seen that the safety people themselves have done a fantastic job with ergonomics analysis, and the safety people are great when they see something unsafe. They know when a bad lift is being performed, um, and they know that something needs to be changed. But like I said, they've got so many other hats they're wearing. How do you help these people? You know, they don't have the tools. they got so many other hats they're wearing. they got so many other jobs. And they do the safety videos. They do the safety posters on lifting and and... And from our background, Tom, it just doesn't work. When you got somebody who doesn't know how to hip hinge or move their hips properly and squat lift properly, the the verbal cues, the visual cues, the videos ain't going to do it, is it? No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it's not in their wheelhouse. And, of course, I'm referring to safety people, is that, as Tony said, I walk into a safety manager's office and I look at the volumes of, of uh materials that they have to cover from compliance issues, all these things, how would we ever expect them to be experts at, the, at human performance? And um, and it, not being in the wheelhouse, it, it's kind of scientific in a sense, and it's kind of a medical concept, if you will. And a lot of safety professionals are kind of afraid of that. They don't want to really dive into that. And that's where we come in. And uh, we brought a lot of information from those different fields of training, and we've made it very, very simple to teach people how to perform uh, whatever task it is. Yeah. And now you mentioned lifting, and that's huge. And you know, we think, well, we don't lift that much in work. And go, yeah, you do. You think about it, there's a lot of lifting. Many, many injuries occur from just lifting a five-pound object off the floor. It doesn't have to be the major part of your day. Uh, and we lift at home, too. You know, whether working in the house, out in the garage, out in the yard, we lift constantly. So learning these techniques is very important for all aspects of life. Yeah. When I'm when I'm working, whether it be an injured worker or working with a real high-level athlete, I don't necessarily teach them, well, we're going to lift a box, or we're going to lift a bale of hay. I don't teach them how to lift that particular item. What you have to do if you want to really effectively teach somebody how to lift and move safely is you have to teach them how to use their hips. And that's foreign to some people. Some people are very good at it. Some people it's very challenging. And you can't do it by performing the entire movement. You actually have to sit that person in a chair and develop what we call hip awareness. Even just the, the positioning of their hips is foreign to their mind. And so you have to break down this complex movement we call a lift or a squat it may have 10, 20, 30 components to it. You've got to break it down to just two or three components and have the person perform that little that little movement. And then when they get good at that, you bring them to the next little movement and then the next movement, and then you put those 10 pieces, those 20 pieces together after they master the little movements. Because trying to teach them how to lift the particular object won't work for them. I, I've been to a lot of industries and I'll teach somebody how to lift um, anything. It could be a bale of hay, a box, a kettlebell, whatever. And the, the safety person will say, well, we don't lift those here. I don't care. What matters is the people have hip awareness. If I bring a world-class athlete in 
It doesn't matter if you haven't lift a bale of hay, a box of widgets, or, or anything. They're going to lift it properly because they know how to use their hips properly. It's not about the task. It's about the individual performing the task. Okay, so we want to tell the safety people out there to kind of get away from, well, we lift this or we lift that or we lift this here. No, it's about teaching the person how to move their hips properly, and then it doesn't matter what they lift because in, in real life, they're going to have, they're going to encounter all sorts of awkward, clumsy lifts all the time. So you can't just prepare them to lift this object. You want to prepare them to use their hips properly. But, you know, and that's really true. And I, I, I noticed when I first started doing this type of training, uh, almost 20 years ago, I did more of traditional type, uh, training. Yes, we taught squats. We never really had a good process to develop the, uh, those skills and those uh, behaviors. Uh, Tony joined up with me four years ago and brought in some new teaching technology that we use today that really breaks us down. Like Tony said, getting out of a chair. The little steps that you take. And if we watch a person, the average person get out of a chair, you can pretty much tell if they're going to be able to lift or not. And, and one of the other things that's the beauty of this program today is, uh, you know, we, in our minds, it's, it's like we could say, I don't have to teach you a darn thing. We teach you the movements and everything's going to happen instinctively, naturally. And they'll come up with these questions to us. Well, that's great. That's lifting this or getting out of a chair. But what about my job? I do it this way. I do it that way. So I'm, well, how, yeah, what's the right way? Well, there is a right way. And if you learn how to do these techniques, these simple, simple little movements, it happens instinctively. You don't have to worry about they're lifting a five-pound box or a 50-pound object or pushing or pulling something. Like Tony said, if they're good at moving their hips, that's one of our mottos, get good at moving your hips. Right. Amazing how well things work after that. And at the workplace, when we're teaching classes, I think the workers regardless of what industry they're in, really appreciate the fact that you're not there to teach them how to do their job. You're not even there actually to teach them how to lift. I tell them when I'm teaching a, a group of workers in the class that I'm there to help their body move better. When I'm training a high-level football player, I don't teach them how to tackle. When I'm training a professional golfer, I don't have to, have to teach them how to swing the golf club. What I do is I look at how they perform that task, and then I'll make their bodies work better. Teach them how to move their body better. They say, hey, yeah, doc, now that my, my knees don't hurt as much, my back doesn't hurt as much. Oh, yeah, I can generate a lot more power. I'm much more efficient. I'm not so fatigued. So that's why I think the workers appreciate when we go in and teach a class like that. Like I said, we're not teaching them how to do the job. We're teaching them how to move better, and then they'll just start to do their job better instinctively. You know, that's one of the big keys of this program and why it's such a beautiful thing is that you know, the average worker, they, they hurt every day. They may not be making claims. They not, they're not going to run off to the doctor for every ache and pain they have. A few of them do, and you know who they are. But as a rule, they're going to kind of work through these things. And when they learn these techniques, not only is that improving their skills at work to do their tasks safely and effectively and far more efficiently, but they start to feel better. When they use the parts of the body the way they're designed, all of a sudden, the stress comes off the back. It comes off the knees. It's interesting how we've had people in our classes where we'll show them the techniques and whatnot, and they'll look at us and say, well, I can't do that. I got a bad back, or I got bad knees. I can't do it. And we're kind of like, yeah, that's why you have a bad back and bad knees. You learn these techniques so simple to learn the 
proper way to do that, all of a sudden the stress comes off their body. And the great news for the employee is they feel better. They can get out of bed in the morning. They can, you know, get up and down, do the things that they do every day and feel better. And that's what they appreciate. And that's why we have such high compliance is because people feel better. And that's what they want. They're not concerned about claims per se. They want to feel better. They want to work safer. That's a, a good point, Tom, you brought up, because I think that's a concern a lot of safety people have and HR people and even the employees, too, where I've taught that, yeah, I tried doing some squats once, and, and boy, it really hurt my knees. Or, oh, I tried doing this lunge. Oh, yeah, I did that. I tried doing that. It really hurt my back. Well, those are the people that need it more than anything. They were just taught improperly. Somebody did a bad job of teaching them how to move their hips. In an, in an unsafe way. So when you put somebody in the chair and teach them hip awareness and teach them how to unload, not use their knees, how, when they when they lift and push and pull, how to start the movement with their hips, now they're like, oh, yeah, now that doesn't hurt my knees because as sports docs, we had to do that with our patients. That was our job. If somebody had surgery or we tried to keep them out of surgery, it was all about getting them to move properly and, and give them the tools and the steps so those people that already do have bad knees and bad backs, it, it's safe for those people too. It, it really is, and that and we see that in the results of our of our work that we do today, and how well the companies do with you know reduction of claims, and that's how safety is typically measured strictly by claims. But we kind of measure it in a different way. Our success is shown by the improvements in how people do things, and when they come up to us, man, that really felt good. I that really has made a change. I, that makes all the difference in the world. I think in, in just kind of summarizing our, our podcast today, it's we actually want to tell people to quit telling them to lift with their legs. When you tell people to lift with their legs, most of the time they just bend their knees first and they don't engage their hips. So we kind of need to tell people, lift like a, lift like a football player, or lift like a power lifter, uh, use your hips. And people say, use your core. Well, I don't care if you can plank for two hours. You don't need a strong core. You need a smart core. And if you have smart hips and a smart core, you can lift and perform tasks safely. So that's kind of our our summation is teach your people how to hip hand, how to use their hips and get good at it. But make sure you have a methodology that breaks the movements down to slow, precise steps. It's the only way to break down bad, unsafe behaviors and protect your people that already have bad knees and bad backs. And the body is an amazing tool. Uh, it has all the parts to protect us. We have a, we have a built-in safety mechanism in our brain. And, and like Tony said, when they learn these parts, and believe me, it's extremely simple. It's so fundamental. And it's just like it happens naturally. Once they start feeling that, it comes back to them very quickly, just like a baby. You know, if you watch a little toddler lift something. I was watching my grandson the other day, and he got down to pick something up off the floor. Perfect squat. He's about 19 months old. How much training did he get to do that? None. It just happens. It's in our brain. We know what to do. And by breaking these things down into these very, very simple steps, practicing it a little bit each day, this comes back very quickly, very naturally, and now you've got an employee that's safe, he's functional, efficient, and he's going to feel better every day. And he will thank you for that service. So here's what you can do, guys. Just go to instinctivemovement.com. That's the Instinctive Movement System website. We've got a bunch of free videos on there that actually go into some of these little steps and can teach your, you and how your people 
how to hip hinge, how to use your hips, how to use your core properly. Uh, they are on YouTube, but they're easy to find our website. Just go to instinctivemovement.com. You'll see videos in the headings up top, and just click on the videos. You'll see different ones there. Check them out and uh, let us know. Uh, give us some feedback or just send us some questions anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, my last word is to the safety folks. Um, you do a wonderful job, and uh, it's a big job that you do. All we're trying to do is provide you another tool in the toolbox, uh, something that's very simple, and don't be fooled by claims or lack of claims. That's one of the problems we've run into. If people say, oh, we don't have many claims, we don't lift much. I'm going, well, yeah, they do, and they do have problems. And we know when a back injury occurs, the vast majority of the damage is done prior to the claim. The incident that led to the claim usually becomes the straw that broke the camel's back. Sounds like we've got a great topic for our next podcast. Bingo. The, the aging workforce. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everybody.